Parisian. Take the princess and the Wookiee to my ship. You said they'd be left in the city under my supervision. I am altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. Alrighty. And we are live. Welcome to the 818, a Star Wars Legion podcast focused on tabletop miniature gaming and hobby based here in Southern California. I'm Jonathan Williams, and I'm joined by my co-host, John Tevis. How you doing, man? Doing well. How are you? Doing well, brother. Doing well. Lots to get to today. And we have a special guest joining us, David Honky Tonk LeBlanc. We would be honored if you would join us. From... Oh, hey, y'all. Yeah, man. <laughs> one, of our, one of our locals here who's just doing so much um, for the community and... Yeah, you know, he was the T.O. of our, I guess we could consider, you know, Geeky is our local store yeah. Uh, tournament, yeah, I... you know, and uh, yeah, so, you know, David, I just wanted to, you know, ask you a couple of questions here, see what it was like hosting the tournament, but if you want to share anything with the listeners prior to that, please feel free, but yeah, man. You had so graciously took the time to put together this this store championship, sixteen players, and it sold out. I think from what you shared with me, it was like less than an hour, less than a day, some crazy it number. Was <laughs> like less than nine hours, yeah. if not less than that. It was nuts. That's pretty I mean, fast. And the tournament before that was less than twenty four hours as well. And and that was a goofy tournament where people had to bring a a heavy unit. So I don't know. I think we've sort of hit our stride mm-hmm. with finding the players that are local to us and the place to reach those players with the information. Um, yeah. I mean, we've been going, to, I, I've been trying to run stuff uh, at Geeky Tees now, like consistently since. I want to say the end of last year, like November or so. And all of a sudden, like in February and March, people just came out of the woodwork. Mm-hmm. Like we knew they were there. We just had to find them, you know, <laughs> or they had yeah. to find us. Yeah. Um. So, you know, it's just a matter of being consistent, I think. And um, people will find you if you're putting it out there. I have to bring it back to baseball, right? As if you build it, they will come. That's right. right. That's exactly right. <laughs> yep. But you you have to keep that structure yes. up. You have to stay with the upkeep. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, yeah, I mean, it's really taken off. You know, John and I, we talk about it all the time. Like, you know, and we, we brought you into the Discord server, I think maybe a month or two after it was created. It was myself, Phil, you know, John, you, like, we were on this discord and there was like four or five of us, you know, what it seemed like for almost a year. And then all of a sudden, like in like a matter of two months or something, we, it just blew up to like it just 50. skyrocketed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cause I think what me and, and miles did where, um, miles, uh, Darcy, yeah. Darcy Bader on the discord. We just like, cause there was a lot of chat already at the geeky tees discord. And we're like, I think we just, we didn't even plan this. We just started adding people to the Discord <laughs> that we were talking to. <laughs> I remember, I clearly remember sending LJ a Discord friend request. Um, I already been friends with him on Facebook, so I wasn't like 
and I, and I know, you know, LJ knows me. I know him. So I added him on Discord and I just invited him and I just did that for a bunch of people. <laughs> I'm like, hey, here's a here's the Legion Discord, not necessarily just Geeky Tees, but, you know, in L.A. Mm-hmm. and eventually like trying to branch out to like greater L.A. area, more SoCal as well. But yeah, we just kind of added people. So essentially we forced people to join and it just snowballed from there. Yeah. It's just, it's been really cool because like for a long, for a long time, you know, it's something that, um, you know, I feel like, you know, we're like the largest city in, in the U.S. and, you know, mm-hmm. for a long time and it felt like, you know, this game was, was dormant and obviously there was, the world kind of stopped, right, for about a year, year and a half when really Legion was catching a lot of momentum and, yeah. you know, and it came back and um. You know, it's really a privilege to be a part of it, you know, and it's 100%. been really cool. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Mm. You know, so with that being said, uh, and speaking of geeky tees, right, um, David, as as you so graciously did, you hosted, right, our uh, the store championships, right, 16 players, um, four rounds, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah brutal I, uh, <laughs> I was really hoping we could get away with three but the documentation in the tournament kit for a store championship clearly says you had mm. to play four rounds so yeah. and what's and again for for maybe the people that don't know or casually listening maybe just play casually and don't participate in tournaments like what why is that relevant why is that important that's four rounds well it makes having four rounds with a, a Swiss tournament, like mm-hmm. we, we were doing um, having four rounds with at least 16 players means that there will be one person at the end of those four yeah. rounds. That's undefeated. If yeah. you're pairing correctly. Yeah. And, and that's important because uh top place Scott gets an invite to mm-hmm. the Legion worlds uh, tournament next year. Yeah. Yeah, and, that's why and right, that's what everybody's chasing, right? That's why everybody showed up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or in the case of of, of Bro Mike, right, in our <laughs> our just just running four tons and two air speeders, right? <laughs> Wild child, yes, yes. Santa yes. Mike, Echo Base, Echo Base. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, so yeah. I mean, it was just uh, it was a really awesome day, and it was. It was much needed, you know. Um, you know, there's nothing like Legion tournaments, and you know, before we kind of get into the crowd and the people and the and the environment, I want to hear a little bit, you know, from you, you know, David, about what it's like hosting a tournament, right? Like, you know, the work that you because you know, obviously, we see the day of, right? Mm-hmm. But there's all the prep work in the morning, maybe the night before, organizing tables, terrain, like. What's that like? And, you know, you know, what is like, take us through the process a little bit. So thankfully geeky tees and specifically Eric, who's the manager there. Um, he and I have a really uh, good working relationship now that I, I've been around and he knows like there's a level of trust. Right. And we're really good at communicating with, Hey, this is what the store needs. And from me, what, I need as the person that's running the tournament from the store, whether it's space and time. And that sometimes means like, 
hey, can you open the store early so that we can get this done before midnight? Because mm. we're used to, you know, running three round tournaments. And even then I want to like I start earlier than they open. They normally open at what is it? I think 11. Like 11, right? Yeah. Yeah. On on Sundays. Um, and we so Eric met me up there at eight. I told everybody to be there by nine. And first round was starting at 9.30. No ifs, ands, or buts. If you weren't there, you got a concession. Uh, just because we got to keep the train running. And uh, it's really like being a, a train conductor, really, of like, this. I want to get out of here at a certain time. I know that these rounds are going to be two and a half hours. So let's build our day f- out from there with the givens of the parameters that we know. Um, thankfully, um, I don't have to worry about terrain. A lot of people at other places, they do have to worry about that. But the, one of the greatest things about being at KKTs is no matter what game system you play, there is such a catalog of terrain there that, I mean, we had, we had seven tables and then another table, uh, supplied by Ray, who came up from Orange County, and we still would have had enough terrain, probably for two or three more Legion-sized tables. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, some guy came in and played like a huge game of 40k while we were there, and there was still enough terrain. Mm-hmm. So that's really helpful. Um, but besides like sourcing terrain, I think it's just about trying to keep on schedule and. That's the biggest part. Uh, I think what's not as big a good deal, but is a is a big deal if you if you catch my drift, is just knowing as much of the rules as you can. Um, and I, you know, I can still fall short with that. Like we we're talking about Santa Mike, he knows more about withdrawing with creature troopers than I do, and mm-hmm. I play dewbacks all the time. But he's playing Fortons, so <laughs> he's still like schooling me on that. But just having, just having that base knowledge of the rules, and then knowing where you can find all the other answers to the questions that might come up, I think that's the biggest other thing. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think you, you brought up something that was really important is, is, is terrain, right? You know, obviously all the organizational elements that come along with it, having a good working relationship, right. With the store manager and, but, you know, especially for Legion, I think more than other games, terrain is so important, Mm -hmm. right? It's, it's so like with 40 K you can just like slap some things down and you know, you're good. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I might, that might be a hot take, but anyway, <laughs> you know, I think just, just the way the mechanics work with, with Legion, it just, it's one of those and, and the specific type of terrain that's actually like made, right. Is also really important. Well, and even on top of that stuff yeah. that you look at it and you go, that's Star Wars. That's Star Wars. Yep. 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 And that's, you know, yeah. you can find a lot of terrain that might not scream Star Wars, but that fit the game. But then all you have to do is find that one piece that you put on the board and you go, ah, oh, 
yeah, that's an Imperial base because you put a tie striker on the board. That's mm-hmm. all you needed on on top of like some bunkers and some area terrain with trees and whatnot. Like it doesn't have to be the whole board. People will fill in the gaps with their imagination as long as you have some anchor, I feel. Yeah. Now that, that that makes absolute sense. And you know you know, uh what what do you think? You know, ev- like something. What do you think that like something that like every TO should know, right? Is like why why would they take the time, right, and put all of this together? You know, but you know, more or less, I think really what it boils down to is like, you know, what do you think every every TO should know? Um, I mean, other than like the basics of the game, but I think it's a, uh, you know. In your heart of hearts, like you want to have, you want people to have fun because, you know, this is technically like TOing is technically a hobby. This is something me and Eric were talking about this week, weekend as we were setting up. It's my hobby time. So this better be fun. And one of the things that's fun for me is being enthusiastic and making sure that everybody else is having fun too. Because if it's not fun, why are we here? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not getting paid yeah. to do it. Why should I care? Because I'm having fun. And if everybody else is having fun, I'm more likely going to have fun. So let's just all have fun together. And I think that really is reflected in the tournaments that I do that aren't this like normal 800 um, store championship tournaments. Like, I want to do weird things that tickle people's brains that triggers I'm having fun in their, in the back of their brain, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I think that's like the biggest thing to me is like, if that's fun to you, you should be doing it. If you want to build a community and have fun with other, like if you just want to play with people and have a place for people to do that, you should be doing this. Uh, because if you don't, who will? I love that. That's and then awesome. much minor on it, on the list of like whatever other, whatever TO should know. And I know y'all have talked about it before that I taught you, but it's something that LJ taught me is that, and LJ being like Mr. Legion, uh, the rules <laughs> are, um, is what, maybe not a typical table layout, but just like what are the elements that you need on the table and the layout of those elements? As in, I never put anything that is just straight 90 degree angles with the angles of the table. It's always on a, a 45 degree angle. Yeah. If that makes if that makes sense that way you're not just firing straight through a firing lane from one side of the table to the other. There's always the opportunity of uh, terrain blocking that that way it's a little bit more dynamic. You have to move to get to firing lanes and stuff like that just to keep it interesting. And then I think just varying the type of terrain that you have. I, I think area terrain is just, uh, criminally short on supply yeah. 
in this game. Um, and then just a little sub note on all this is like, Maybe don't put a line of sight blocker in the middle of the table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no no line of sight blockers in the middle of the table. Like not directly in the middle of the table. Yeah. Right. It could be off center, right? Like, you know, but not not right in the middle. You know, if there's mm-hmm. anything you take away, <laughs> it's that, please. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, man, and oh, that's you know, that's really great insight, you know, into really the behind the scenes, and you know, you you touched on this a little bit, right? Is 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 fun, right? You know, mm-hmm. want to have fun when we play this, you know, and when we play this game, we push push these plastic miniatures around that we spend hours painting or sometimes minutes, depending on who you are, like me, uh, but <laughs> you know, ultimately. Uh, you know, just why do you do it? And like, what about it really keeps you coming back? Well, I'm going to start off with a selfish reason and then Mm. like finish it off with like the real reason and sort of like, oh, reason. Uh, (laughs) The first reason is I want to play with good players. Yeah. And unless we're making a community of where people can come out and play consistently that's never going to happen you know to get better you got to get in games and you need to get in games with all skill levels and like different points of view on how to play the game and when we got out of lockdown i was like where is everybody and that's sort of like where it where it sort of came from for me of, I mean, I was already running tournaments at another store uh, before lockdown. Uh, They've sadly closed since then. Um, So if not there, like I, you know, it's, it feels like I need to have a responsibility to make sure that there's a place a for people that like star Wars, like me can come together and meet each other. Uh, that's a big part of it too, is just the social aspect. Um, you know, uh, people in the middle or in the early 1900s, you know, people would go to the church and they'd find community there because they all lived in the same area. They all believe the same thing. Well, now modern day, uh, I'll say it like this is sort of my church. This mm-hmm. is where I go meet people that like Star Wars, meet people that like to play these types of games that triggers their uh, critical thinking skills. And because of that, I've met so many people. I've met people here in SoCal. I've met people from all over the different, uh, all, all over the U S at like LVO or SoCal open and met amazing people. But I will say not once have I ever played anybody that was from our area that I didn't love. Hmm. And so I do it for them because I want to see them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's, that's so cool, man. I mean, you know, it's, I always share this with John too, is, you know, ultimately, man, this is like, you know, I, I play this game, and I always share with, with other people in my life who, 
you know, maybe not who aren't as familiar with tabletop or like if I say like a tabletop or gaming, I think about 98% of the people that I've mentioned that relative term to even know what the hell that is. Correct. <laughs> you know? Right. And they always, they always need a, you know, like a secondary explanation. Quick summary. Right? But, yep. Yep. But, you know, some of the people that I've met, you know, just sitting three feet across from me in the case of Legion, right? It would be four feet across, right? If you're playing 40K, or, you know, pick your, uh, pick your game of choice, but, or some of the most genuine people that I've, I've ever come across. Mm-hmm. Right. It's right. the authenticity. It's the, you know, because we're all, we all share a common love, which is for this, you know, for this and, franchise. This, and not only that, but we can be our authentic self yes, about yes, it. Yes. Right. Right. Um, yeah. There's no, there's no masking. Yeah. This just is who we are. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's, there's something really, like ethereal about that and Mm -hmm. genuine and, and raw, you know, in, in the most modest of terms and, you know, what I mean by that. So, yeah, this is good stuff, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Get get out the Kleenex. Yeah, seriously, (laughs) seriously, man. (laughs) You know, and this is what, this is, this is what we're about. You know, when we, when we do this, you know, once a month or, you know, twice a month or whenever we, we get a chance to record. And um, this is, that's awesome. You know, that's a, that's a great way to, to kick off this, this cast where we have a lot to get to. And, you know, what I like to do is, is get into the, to the tournament itself. You know, David, as much as we would have loved to have you play also, I know it probably, oh, and that I would have been crazy. Play, but... <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I I saw you, you know, I've, I've seen you, I've kind of been watching your career with great interest over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> you, <laughs> bringing up, busting out the clones and some Cody and Rex, I believe. And then I saw some triple ATRTs and I was like, wow, this is legendary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my uh, that's my stuff right now. Yeah, man. Good. But yeah, you know, it's been, um, you know, it was it was a great turnout. I mean, we had 16 of us. And, you know, we'll kind of get into a little bit of the lists we brought and, um, you know, kind of how we performed and, and, and where it was. And I probably yelled the word consular and viceroy like at least 20 times. <laughs> yeah, don't, the don't, don't ever call me judge. I'm never going to answer to <laughs> anymore. I like the viceroy upgrade, though. Yeah, the viceroy upgrade's great. That was oh, good. Moff, Moff David. Yep. I, Moff David I, is good. I'd uh, moth honky tonk. Thank you very there much. Go. Yes. <laughs> yes. So we'll, we'll get into, to our list a little bit, you know, John, why don't we go ahead and start with you and, um, you know, and, uh, and kind of just go from there, get into your list a little bit and how, uh, you know, how your rounds went. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. So I brought double dark troopers. Just kidding. I did not. I'm, I'm done with that life. <laughs> you, <laughs> if you want to know why, listen to, listen, to last, listen to the last episode. I explained why I'm done with that life. But no, I, I brought Callus because he got a massive points reduction with the last update. Yeah. So I brought Callus double bounty. So my old buddy Boba Fett and IG-88. Imperial officer with, I think, binoculars and improv. Greatest upgrade in the game. And the 
two shores with the heavy, two mortars, and two storms with specialist and the HH-12, just for, for the impact. So, yeah, it's a standard double bounty list. Um, I actually played a lot of double bounty at the start of the year when I was really getting back in, into Legion after the pandemic in stores and stuff. So it was kind of refreshing going back to that with, you know, having the named characters, which is kind of what draws me to Star Wars is is playing those dudes I see in the movie. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I practice a lot with the list. I David, we played a few games. I I think I think I played the same list with the the double bounty callus. Yep. Um and, and I appreciate the practice because it, it helped a lot. Um like no learning how to like just throw mortars as bait and keeping mm. the characters, you know, the operatives mm. alive for the That's end game. My, f- my favorite bait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, yes, they're shooting at the mortars. Please shoot shoot at them and not on my shores or even worse, my characters. But yeah, um, I was pretty comfortable with the list and <laughs> Um, should we, should I go over my games as well, or do you want to talk about yeah. your list? Yeah, okay, yeah, feel free. Cool. And then I'll, I'll so, jump in after you're done. So yeah, so round one, I uh, played Sebastian. The I think he's the only CIS player in the tournament. Yeah, he was. Um, yeah, cool, super cool dude. And he played Maul B1 Gunline with Magna Guards and some snipers. Played a uh, payload, and I think the the strength of the Imperial Gunline was was shown in that game where I just kind of dominated the the mid or the the range firefight because you know shore troopers will blast away at battle droids all day every day and and he had maul which was super scary so i really had to play kind of cagey but still need you know i need to touch the payload right but um that was a game where sebastian like played and we talked about this post game he played really well but he just kind of got screwed by the the terrain setup paired with the objective of payload so the board setup was i think was fine but and he was red player so he you know he picked the side but he you know we we didn't it wasn't a guarantee we would play payload because in legion you pick your table side before you determine which mission you're playing and just the way the deployments were set up the his his choices for the payload target were either next to my deployment zone on uh on or sorry like towards the back of my deployment zone area or like the other side of the board where he wasn't even deployed so it was really tough for him while my choice or or rather uh where my payload had to go was right in front of me because there was not a lot of terrain that was outside the deployment zone because i think we played major offensive so it was literally like right oh. straight in front in, a, in you know an angle for me to go while he had to go in a further distance all across my dudes um so yeah like turn zero is a, is a big part of the game and, and he played i think he, he played really well but ultimately i think the matchup with the objective and setup just kind of swung it in my favor and and that's something like that game realized that like yeah like yeah your list is a thing and there's player skill but there's also the turn zero of like which map Mm. like knowing if this objective is good for this map um and me being able to hedge that like i you know getting payload in major offensive with that terrain setup was was a huge advantage so um yeah i got the win there one step in here really quick yeah since you brought up payload and like turn zero Uh um with the new rules changes like in january 
we now like we get to see everybody's deck right Mm -hmm. before anything's decided yep so that i i still feel like players at least in our group they're really sleeping on that yeah like if you have the decision between being blue player or red player, or you had the decision before uh, what side you get, look at that deck. Yes. Look at the deployments and look at the objectives that you're, you could play and then make that decision. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't pick a side that, Oh, this looks good. And then like go, Oh, I didn't realize bombing run was in here. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely and then agreed. the other thing, uh, talking about uh, payload, and this is something that me and Santa might talk about. Do you feel like you should just totally ignore the objective and and that that point just like go for kill points since it seems to be really hard to get victory points on um, on that objective? That time is better spent just like mowing down your opponent and playing out for kill points. It's a good question. Um, I mean, for it's funny because my experience with payload, I played two games of payload. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's a lie. I played three games of payload. <laughs> oh. And actually, the this. I was about to say all of my games were won by the objective. That's a lie, no. Because my, my game with, with the Santa Mike, which I'll talk about in a bit, was Payload, where we just ignored the objective and killed each other. But the other two, I played against um, Kenji, who who won the whole thing at Next Gen, and I and I barely beat him through the objective. And in this game with Sebastian, I was able to win handily because of the objective. Because by, by the end of the game, I, I barely killed Maul. But Maul had murdered all my operatives and and Callus, mm-hmm. so but thankfully I was able to just hedge in the the payload. Um, so to answer the question, I think depending on the map, like because there's there's times where and I think, uh, like I think Jonathan, your your game in next gen with Miles, this was the case where you just kind of can't get the objective yeah. because of the map setup. You may just cannot may just not get the the payload to the. Mm-hmm the building you need to blow up, right? So I think it depends. Um, So on one hand, I wouldn't write out that it's just a kill points game because Mm -hmm. there's times where you could win with by objectives. But you also have to accept the fact that, yeah, it could just be a kill points game where you can score and you just got to focus on, you know, on on getting as much points as you, or kill points as you can. So it's one of those objectives where it's possible to write off or to have a game plan that writes off the objective, which you kind of can't do for the other objectives, I feel. Right. Um, but right. for I think payload is is so I, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think that makes payload unique, where you could kind of write off and just play a kill points game. So right. at least that's that's my my view on it, based on my my three <laughs> games with with payload. Yeah, there is a lot, and I I do want to jump in and just add quickly is, you know, I think when it comes to payload, like. I kind of play it in a sense where like maybe I'll push the cart like twice and then realize that, you know, you always, you, you pre-measure right before, and, yeah. you know, I think, you know, David, you brought up a really good point about really taking the time, like before I discuss terrain and then I look at the list and see depending, like obviously we discuss bid and things like that. Even if I don't have the bid, I still look at there and like, 
you know, their battle cards because, and I, I go straight into analyzing the map, you know, I think that's that out of all of like all of Legion, obviously you have the gameplay mechanics, you have all of that stuff, but I think of all the Legion quote unquote skills or things that you possess to play this game, that is by far taken me the longest to really get. You know, yeah, that's that next level Legion thinking. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's kind of like seeing seeing the you don't really see the game before it happens, but you kind of you've had enough reps, right, where you can start to kind of do the calculus prior, right? right. Mm-hmm. Like I was red all four games. I wasn't blue once, and I think I even chose red when I had bid. But um, but going back to the payload thing, I don't want to get too far off on a tangent, but. Going back to to the payload thing, like yeah, I'll push the cart twice, and maybe to just let my opponent know, like yeah, maybe I'll be pushing for the objective, but then I'll push back and just play defense to stop theirs, you know. Mm-hmm. Especially on the shorter, like the short side deployments, right? Like, and I, I mean, I guess you could say this about all of them, but the carts are more than often just gonna come to a head because if you send your opponent the other direction, they're just gonna push it the other way and you can't shoot them, right? No attrition, just nothing happens. So I think, yeah, payload's interesting, it's unique. I still keep it in my deck because for speeders, they're good. <laughs> so I, cause I could just mm-hmm. have the speeders push it. But um, yeah, it's with the change, it's definitely, and John, when, uh, you know, to kind of to surmise here, I can, I can see why you were so tired playing three games of payload. The calculus is insane. It, yeah, like, it's, it's tough. Oh, it's man. tough. But anyway, no, I just wanted to to jump in there really. Quick. No, yeah, yeah. So, and you know, speaking of more payload, my second game was with Santa Mike playing payload. Uh, yeah. Um, and so he ran actually a list that we kind of made together because we we had a practice game the week like the week of the tournament. I think it was on a Tuesday or something. And he was joking, like, you know what, like, yeah, like, I'm practicing this list, but, you know, I don't think, and he was honest, like, you know, I'm, I'm still new, so he's like, oh, I don't think I have, a, like, the best shot at world. Maybe I should just play something stupid. And I'm like, wait That's a the best type of play. <laughs> yes. Can you run four tons and double air speeders in Echo Base? And like, I don't know, can you? Like, let's find out. And I'm like, I make a list on Legion HQ, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you can. Everything's <laughs> naked, but you can do, f-. so he ran four tons, two air speeders, Two vets, one MK, and a and an officer. No upgrades except for I guess for the harpoon, but that's it. And it, it's still echo base, so turning it up still. But yeah, and it's not. It's kind of scary, you know. So because you know you have four. I mean, it's four tons like running that's, at you. And that's a definite two air speeders you, running at you. That's a definite. You pull up to the table, you see that, and you're like. What the hell do I do against that? Yes, exactly. And, you know, and we played payload and it's like, well, I just, I I guess I just got to shoot him because there's no way I'm escorting a payload when there's like eight goat men running at me, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Um, and freaking airspeeders shooting me from the sky. So um, I I just played defensively the whole game um, and had him come to me while I was trying to thin down and callous being a line is a good linebacker i mean mm-hmm. he's great for the in double bounty for the the contingencies but you know he has that bow staff and that bow staff will murder your tauntauns <laughs> so yeah I, I just essentially held the line and he murdered all my core um but towards the end i i was just able to hold the tide and eventually almost tabled him i think he had his officer left that he 
play defensively with as well. So I won't get the bounty because actually bounty was a, I tried to go for the bounty round, I think the first two rounds. Um, and he just like, yeah, he realized that it's not worth trying to keep command range. If I could just, if an officer dies and I get a victory point. So um, yeah, it was a bloodbath. Lots of things died, but eventually I, I was able to get the win and moving on to round three um, facing Jonathan Canny. Or John Canny? I think it's Jonathan Canny. But he also played Empire, Triple Speeders, IG-88, and Callus in a full shoreline. And this is another game, actually, where I had a turn zero plan, and I selected that plan, and it kind of won me the game. So we played KP. It was I think it was a choice between KP and Recover, and you don't want to play Recover against Boba Fett, because he'll just steal the metal box and run away. But yeah, we played KP and hemmed in, which I rarely play. But it's such I think that that's such a big advantage for blue player. And in this game, my plan was to just... So there was the center KP. And there was a building that was out just because of hemmed in. It was right next to my deployment zone, but not in. Uh, it, it, met, it met the minimum requirements, right, for, uh, for range. Um, but... Yeah, I was able to just, and it was super, it was just outside range one of the middle KP. So I picked that and, uh, and Kenny picked one near his deployment zone on the other side of the map. And my plan was to just hold, hold my ground with these two KP and just, you know, engage in the gunfight and turn round one was pretty bad for me. I lost a, not a full shore unit, but I lost everyone but the unit leader to one fire support um, shot from a mortar and his shore unit. So I was like, ooh, this, this, is, this is not good. Mm. Um, but I'm like, you know what? Just just hold the line, um, wait for the speeders, take them out, and then just just hold just you know hold the ground, right? Um, and yeah, holy crap. Bounty hunters tear through speeder bikes so easily. That yeah. sharpshooter and pierce. Um, and I think turn three, all three speeder units were dead because she's shooting at them with Boba Fett and, and IG-88. Um, and I, I was all, you know, I was being torn down. Um, I, I managed to take one of his shore units near the center to just the leader. Um, and I had a, a good turn where I, I was able to shoot Callus with both Boba and IG, um, bringing him down to just two wounds left. So at that point, Callus it's kind of out of the game because if he exposes him to do stuff, that could be a bounty point, which is huge in KP. So he just kept callous back and, and just kept engaging in the, in the gunfight, but it was risky too. Cause if he tries to move his stuff in to, you know, for turn six objective scoring, I, I would just blast him. Cause I had, and I think the, uh, the condition was fortified position. So I just kind of stacked all the, the heavy cover near the near the KP points. Um, and eventually I just won the attrition game. And at the end, I, I had the officer, uh, one stormtrooper, one mortar, and all three of my characters left. And I think I was able to kill the mortar and shore unit on his side of the... on, on his KP with Boba. And at that point, he, he didn't have enough to contest my KPs, and I got the win there, so... Yeah, that that was really satisfying for me because I had that turn zero plan and stuck through it and like wow, I actually and even though I had a really bad turn one and turn two, um, 
because it had such a good position with the terrain and the objective and the deployment, like I was able to, to pull that, pull the game out. Um, so yeah, off to the finals with, um, with, uh, with Kenji, uh, the boy wonder of the West coast. While East Kenji, coast has a, Kenji, has, um, Kenji, Kenji, as Luke Cook, we got Kenji, but, uh, yeah, I pl- he was playing Anakin triple barks, um, with, four clone units and Cody. And I was shocked because I had the bid. I'm like, holy crap, I have the bid. I have a shot at this because, you know, triple bikes with bombing run is is a hard, and breakthrough is a, a hard game. But we played intercept and we just went into a shootout turn one. Um, talking to Kenji at the end of the game, I think it might have been better if, if I hedged my range four a bit more, but hmm. I just wanted to just roll some dice out and then see because... Yeah, um, I'm a fan of just far supporting with shores and mortars with a full boat, and the game just was just a, a slugfest of trading shots between my shores, his phase twos, his phase ones, Cody far support, my mortars and all that, and eventually towards the end, I was able to whittle. I think we're, we're it was a super close game, and the game hinged on a board state where he had like one bark left. He had a phase one squad on his cape and uh, his intercept point. And he had just a phase two squad and Anakin to contest the middle. And I had, lo and behold, Callus, Boba, and IG left. And I think <laughs> one mortar. So he had to make a really risky play with Anakin, who already had three wounds on him. But if he didn't, you know, if Anakin just played it safe, he would have lost for sure. So he made a risky play with Anakin to kind of contest the point and try to kill Boba. Cause at that point, Boba had the bounty on Cody, which he, he had killed. Um, and he survived Bobo, uh, Anakin survived Boba Fett, IG and Callus with three wounds. And I, I think he took one wound, um, which isn't surprising. I mean, it is a dice game, but he has a dodge token and surges from reliable. So it's, you know, it wasn't a shock that Anakin survived that, but eventually, um, I had the choice between, I think, looking back, I had the choice between face me with Callus to try to kill Anakin in melee or to um, play Whipcord on Boba. And I should have Whipcorded on Boba, but I think at that point, I think the game was Kenji's because even if I Whipcord with Boba, Boba had two health and Anakin could saber throw him and he has a lot of face two squad that could knock him out. But yeah, I, th- I think kenji making that risky play and paying off that won him the game um and he is going to worlds so and, congrats and to kenji. how short was that game it was like an hour an hour <laughs> and a half we, we were just going at it we were just like eh, yeah should, should i analyze the game now nah, i'm just 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 you, just go for it you know In, you might have won the shortest game of the day Woo! Yes. is the fi- final table too yeah like all done and everyone's still rolling it's like you guys are done it's like yeah he's going to worlds Everyone's like, all right, congrats. <laughs> all right, back to round two. <laughs> nah, um, that was super fun. He's a, he's a really good player. Um, he really knows his list inside and out. Um, his target priority is really good. He he knew which units to, to take out first and to focus. Um, but yeah, that was that was a super like textbook close game where it really the winner was decided on essentially turn six. Um, and I was actually pretty happy with with my timing. I played turn. I finished all my games to turn six. So hey, yeah. we love yeah. to hear it. Yay! Um, but yeah, so super fun time. 
Um, I ended up getting third place, which is kind of funny. When I was driving home, I got I've gotten third place like at every Geekies event I've been in consistently. <laughs> like I think the the start of the year there was that one tournament, and I I kind of got third because I think the TO um, David Hall had to play the bye. So yeah, I think I got third, like fourth slash third there, and then after that there was a another it was i think it was the 800 point league okay not the skirmish league skirmish i did not get third but the 800 point league i got third place the there was the the skirmish tournament where you had to bring oh where it was like permanent um what's it called limited visibility i also mm-hmm. got third that one then we had the the heavies tournament also got third place on that one so which i'm i'm happy like i always you know i always try to aim for top three um with, with this tournament as well so I, I was pretty happy with with my placing um and i had a great time again thanks to thanks to you david for putting such a, a great event um super fun games with with great terrain and you know super fun people but yeah um woke up on monday with a headache <laughs> just <laughs> using all my brain power on sunday yeah yeah fun times mm. Yeah. Maestro, what'd you bring? <laughs> I showed up, brought some models, went home. I'm there we kidding. go. <laughs> That's not wrong. Not wrong, right? Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, it was just, it was a lot of fun. And I'll preface this by saying, um, you know, there's nothing like getting together, you know, on a Sunday, you know, going inside the store, right, with, it was like it, there was daylight out and leaving when there was it was nighttime. <laughs> and, um, and David, yeah, thank you so much for putting together, you know, oh, just such wow. an awesome tournament, man. And it was just I think of... I think I said this on Sunday, but mm-hmm. y'all make it easy. Man. So it's man, man. it's the group. It's the group it really helps. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, shout out to the missus for bringing tacos for us too which was super Thanks, cool <laughs> yeah, yeah man. that was awesome that was super cool um you know those are the little things i think that are just so so important and really what's makes you know what we do uh really special um so i'll preface with that um yeah you know so i i had brought cody uh two phase twos one with a z6 one with a mortar and a medic um cody had aggressive tactics uh two phase ones one with just a captain um and a dc15 and then i brought Boyle in an rps unit phase one and then uh an echo strike team uh which was a change that i made initially from next gen between the next gen tournament and here um that I made that really I thought benefited me just having a range five option is really nice. And like a range four or five, like fire support with echo, a sharpshooter and an RPS is really good. Um, and uh, I brought triple barks two with the RPS and uh, one with the um, one with the twin light blaster cannon, which I only think I shot with like once the entire tournament, but that's, that's something I'll get into later. And then comms relay. To, for the direct shenanigans um you know i i took second <laughs> um 
you know, even though John was in the final match, which is something I still don't understand, obviously with strength of schedule and all that, but that's a whole nother conversation. But, um, you know, I also, I, I went three and one. Uh, my only loss was to Kenji, the eventual winner. And I'll get into the game between he and I um, a little bit later. But, um, you know, yeah, first round I played against um, Michael Ramirez, who came up from San Diego. Uh, I was down in San Diego earlier or late June. Uh, my partner's sister, um, she had um, gotten engaged and it was her birthday. So we went down and I had some time on that Saturday uh, to, to, to get down to Addie's games. And initially I was actually, uh, going to play with Lance. Shout out to Lance. If you're listening, I was about um, to say shout out to that whole store. They're yes. all awesome. Yes. Yes. That like, and you, when you walk into that store, I, I mean, John, you and I, we got to take a trip down there one of these days, yeah. but I'm not sure if you've yeah, been, I've been there. there. It's, it's, oh, you it's, have? A, it's okay, a cool, cool store. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, they have like, it's, it's a huge play space and the retail space is even bigger. And like, it was just, it's just an awesome, awesome. Vibe. And it's right next to Miramar. Like Top Gun. <laughs> come on. <laughs> like, uh, fighter town USA. And, and ballast point is around the corner from there. There, there you go. go. There you go. So win, 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 win. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, man, you know, it was, uh, you know, so I played Michael when I was down there because uh, initially I was going to play uh, Lance, but he had some things come up and he put me in touch with Michael and I let him know about the tournament we were doing. And um, yeah, he came up and made the drive and, uh, you know, he played he played a uh, similar list to kind of the things that have been running around Callus plus either Bounty Hunters or Iden or whatever, right? So he had Callus, uh, Iden, and, and Boba. And with just a shoreline, so a couple shores, a couple mortars, um, two snipers, and Inferno uh, for some tax strike stuff. And uh, yeah, it was a good. It was a good game. We played. And let me go here. Yeah, we played uh, Vaps. And I so I uh, was. I think I had the bid at seven ninety nine. No, he had the bid at seven ninety four, and I was at seven ninety nine. Seven eighty four. So seven eighty four. There you go. Clearly, I wasn't killer bid. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so he had 784. I was at 799. And so I was red. And he had Vaps in his deck, uh, which I thought was very surprising, um, especially now, obviously, with the Vaps change, right? Because um, usually, as you know, most Vaps, you know, games, they end in, you know, a, a, a tie on victory points and you go down to points, right? So. Um, and now the tie is going to, if no units are killed, right, going to the red player. Um, I was surprised he had that in there, but um, it was, I don't remember exactly what the flop but was, but he let me have Vaporators. So it was Vaps, AP, and Supply Drop. And Supply Drop's really good for Cody because he can tap the box twice, uh, which I didn't even do because <laughs> I had other targets for, I guess, uh, for the supplies. But um yeah, we, we got into game one, the board. Um, so I played on the same tables twice. So first round played on the same table. And then second one was a different table. But then I went back to the table I was originally on. And then yeah, the last Legion game, game uplink. Uh, yeah. Failed us. Yes. I don't have to, a lot of people playing on the same table. So I'm yeah. not sure what that's about. Not yeah, me. I've been on lift tables the whole time. Okay. <laughs> well, well, um, I don't really know what to say. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it was just, um, you know, it was a good game. It was really tight. 
you know, it was, you know, gun line on gun line, right? I basically put my VAPs as far back as humanly possible on the top, on the short side part of the L in AP and basically set up and was like, come at me, you know what I mean? And he basically deployed like most of his stuff in the, the long side L and he had some like shores and mortars in the back to do his VAPs and stuff. But basically I was, it was like my whole list was up against Iden. Boba and Inferno and some snipers, you know, and he had a terrain piece. It was a piece of area terrain that was kind of like a jungle. I think that might've been the board that Ray brought, which was super Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked what he did, you know, um, with those jungle pieces. I thought that was really awesome. And um, so he kind of, he tried to leverage that position really on, on AP and open with tax strike. I think I opened with, um, no, it wasn't air support. I forget the exact card. Oh, I think I opened with Attack of the Clones because I anticipated the attack strike to get the extra surges because the way my list really pans out, I mean, I think it, even on one pip turns, I'm getting a minimum of like five surges out on the table because of the of the two phase twos and, and echo. So um, even though I'm not proccing AT across the board, I'm still getting surges uh, pretty frequently. So... On the attack of the ter- clones turns, like I get three surges between reliable the command card and aggressive tactics. <laughs> so I usually give the orders to uh, the phase twos because they have the medics because I want to control over them and then relay to Cody. And then the other order goes to like whatever I want to fire support with. So it's either Boyle or maybe uh, Z6, or excuse me, uh, the DC-15 because the DC-15 dice are like they're really quality dice. You get five blacks and two reds on a range three fire Chef's support. Chef's kiss. Yes, so good, so good, um, and especially with Cody's rifle. I mean, you're throwing like four reds, um, surge four red- to crit. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's so good, and so um, yeah, you know, I just basically played defensively, and I I think I found myself really liking red player. It just fits my play style, you know, and it was really tight. You know, we were going back and forth. Um, I pretty much ignored Boba the whole game. Because he took, and I was surprised by this because he had this really big building in the back of his deployment zone that was like height two. And it was in his deployment zone and he totally could have put Iden there. But he took Iden with the repeater against my surging red save clones. And so I was very surprised by that because Iden would have been eating those speeder bikes, I mean, eating the barks alive, right? Between Iden and Boba. And so... I was able, he kind of hedged Iden in a place um, where I was able to take out Iden turn two um, on a Cody fire support. I think I pushed like six through or something. I got her down to two early wounds and then, um, yeah, and then I, I got, I think I, I got like four on a last first with Cody on a, I think it was either I opened, yeah, with Attack of the Clones and then opened with um, Synchronized Offensive because you can proc the command card ability twice. And yeah, you know, I just, I ended up taking out Iden. I took out a unit of, I took out Inferno, basically his high value targets and a unit of Shores. And then I think I just, I lost like uh, two Barks and Echo's unit or something. But it came down to turn, there was turn six where it was a tie game and um, I had a Bark limping on one wound and he moved shot with a sniper and missed and my bark survived Uh, yeah (laughs) and so 
Yeah, dice game, man. And, you know, even if he would have killed the Bark, I was still would have won by two points. Oh, Literally man. two. <laughs> like, super tight. So it was a really great game. Just a battle of positioning and um, really leveraging cover. And, um, yeah, so it was good. And, and Michael's a really great opponent, really great sport about it, too. And uh, it was a lot of fun. So I took my first game. Um, second game, um, I had played uh, Kyle um, Kodama. Forgive me if I'm not pronouncing your name correct, your last name correctly, but he was a relatively new player. Uh, he was also playing clones, uh, similarly built list to mine, only instead of having three barks, he had one bark and a lat. And uh, um, I feel like we should cheer something for that, like Echo. Bass, yeah, but... seriously, right? <laughs> lat, 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 lat. Yes, yes. And he, he brought the, uh, I think it's like Hound and Buzzer or whatever for the pilot. So I think like with with Cody on the on that three pip turn or one pip turn, like that's pretty nice. But the problem is your lat has to get to range three in the kill box and getting cover on that thing is really tough. But um, yeah, we played. Uh, let's see. Uh, so again, uh, I actually ended up. Oh, well, <laughs> this probably should have been. Yeah, because I actually I was red there. Forgive me, David, for misreporting here, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, he was blue player and I was red player. I think I don't know. It was a long day. Don't anyway. don't apologize to me. Yeah, apologize to Miles. Yeah, he gets, he gets all that he gets the data. <laughs> oh man, sorry, Miles, if you're listening, brother, which I'm sure you are. My bad. Um, yeah, so um, I ended up. Yeah, we played breakthrough, long march, hostile environment. Uh, he basically had all the vanilla objectives, so. The board that we played on was, I guess, I think it was like that Tatooine board, right? And oh, the Batu Tatooine. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Question mark. Yep. Yep. And like one side had like a crap load of buildings and like awesome high ground. Like there was this one building that I really utilized to kind of just play defense on breakthrough because as red again, I don't really have to be the aggressor, you know. And with barks, I can kind of just triple move them down. So, um, you know, and then he. Yeah, he just kind of moved his stuff up, and uh, yeah, I mean, he was a really good sport. You know, we got to learn. You know, I got to learn a little bit about the lad, and you know, the, the, the lad. Surprisingly, if you're just putting like one thing, like one, you know, a couple of dice into it, like the native cover one actually helps a lot, right? And so, um, you know, it took me about two or three turns to to take it down, but I took it down turn three and. After that, I really just kind of leveraged that building. I basically put the whole gun line on top of the building and circled my um, my bikes around or my barks around to just kind of shooting at range four with the RPSs. And, um, yeah, it was a good game. It was a lot of fun, um, you know, and uh, he was a really, uh, really great opponent. And, uh, yeah, so that was game two, which I ended up winning. And um, my third game... Uh, was against Kenji, uh, obviously as the winner of the tournament. Um, he had uh, spoiler alert. He won, <laughs> but you know, uh, Kenji, you know, really, you know, John, you, I think you, you said it really eloquently. He really understands the game very well, both tactically, positioning, uh, objective play, all across the board. Really strong, really strong showing, and um, uh, not to mention. Um, 
he's young <laughs> and uh you know and he just he really he just gets it and i thought this was really before i get in the game i wanted to kind of get into an i had a chance to have a conversation with his dad for a little bit um while he stepped away and um you know his dad was there cheering him on just being a good sport and you know he was his dad kind of called himself the 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 break the in-game break like the coach right the coach in the huddle mm-hmm. right and he's making sure he was hydrated and he was eating and, <laughs> you know which is so cool you know what i mean and it's just another another example of why this community was so awesome and you know i was talking to him about it and he's like yeah you know one thing i love about all of you guys is you're really accepting right to kenji and really encouraging and you know it reminded me a lot of you know my dad and my parents who were really supportive of you know, tabletop wargaming for me. And it started, you know, with 40K, you know, and I'd spend hours at the the games workshop in Glendale, right near Mervyn's. And, um, you know, to see that. And, you know, I had a chance to speak with his dad and his dad shared with me that, you know, Kenji didn't ask for a birthday present or a Christmas present or anything. He really wanted to win today. So, and the only thing, the only present he really wanted was to go to Worlds, and he gets to do that now. Aww. That I can that I can get behind. That I can get behind. You're welcome, Kenji. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all, all the tears that paved yep. the road that Kenji go. walks. Yes, there yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's awesome. Throwing our bodies from the cliff in victory. Yep, pretty much, dude. So I just, I thought, I just really wanted to share that because I think that's, it's just, that was just really cool, you know, I mean, and Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, I, David. Please. I think it just sort of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. You know, yeah. it's like this is a game and we want to have fun no matter mm-hmm. how yeah. old you are or whatnot. Also, I think it's really healthy to keep some of us in check. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely, man. And it's like, no, go ahead. Go ahead, David, please. Yeah, I don't. Re- I don't think I had anything else to say. Okay. Okay. I don't know. It reminds. <laughs> it, it reminds me of something my dad always mm. says. It's like there's always somebody bigger and better. In this case, uh, younger, smaller, and better. So. Yes. <laughs> yes, man. Absolutely. I guarantee you that kid could have played like four more games. Dude, for real. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. You know, I guarantee you he could have kept going, man. But. Yeah, no, it was just, it was a great game. It was, I'm glad we weren't streaming this tournament, um, which is something I think I would like to do for the next one. Um, you know, so that's a conversation, you know, we can have, David <laughs> and Eric, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be a lot easier for a three round than a four round. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm glad our game wasn't being streamed because it was boring for the first five turns because we both had speeders and we played Breakthrough. You know, I was red, he was blue, and basically Kenji deployed his on rollout, turned him around, and did some circles, <laughs> you know? And um, we basically, you know, because all of our units were very similar, like, you know, he had Cody, you know, I had Cody, he had two phase twos, I had two phase twos, he had two phase ones, I had two phase ones, you know, so the ranges were were practically identical. And so we recognize that that game. And one of the benefits, I think, of playing a game like that is like you basically could save your brain power, that late game calculus for round six, you know. And there were some interesting interactions. Like just to give you guys an idea of the score, it was zero zero, and I lost eighty one points. 
and he lost no uh-huh. points. I lost a single bark, you know, and so I came down on rollout to where, you know, we were kind of just positioning, right? I would make a move to see if I could bait him one way. And he, of course, didn't fall for it because he's very, very good. And he would do the other. And I I picked it up when we started playing breakthrough on round one. I was like, holy crap, he's just going to make a dash for the end zone on turn six. Uh 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 And my barks are slower. Like his list does what I want to do just better because he has Anakin to leverage the range. Cause I really like to leverage range four with like our, the RPSs on the barks and the DC 15s and the mortars. Right. And with share dodges, like you just can't do anything about that. Right. Yeah. And so an exemplar on. No, Think about ahead. that mental mm-hmm. picture though yeah. uh, of his army. You yeah. got Anakin. Yep. He's, at, he's at a tailgate. He's back yep. there and his, Buds are on choppers, just doing <laughs> wheelies around them, just staring yep. you down. Yeah, going. You gonna break first? I dare you. Yep. I yep. like to imagine that some like training mission between the clones and Anakin, just like arms crossed, like, "What are you gonna do, man? Come on." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It was just. It was just. You know, it was it's Padme plus. Right, yeah. Padme with a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and that was that was Kenji's analogy, not mine. And I think that's it's really good because I think Anakin is one of the best units in the game, bar none. Right yeah, now. um, yeah, and to go off with that, like both my games with Kenji and Next Gen, um, and that one I I won with my double darks, mm-hmm. and and you know he beat me on uh on geekies. Well, you know, um, but Anakin just kind of stood in the back, fed some green tokens, and mm-hmm. at the end did stuff. And that's kind of all he needed to do. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's kind of... Because for me, like, when I run a force user, I'm like... Because you should keep your force user back until the right moment. But it's just like, mm-hmm. man, I got this 200-point unit just sitting here yeah. waiting to do something. But with Anakin, it's like, yeah, he could just aim dodge. And mm-hmm. your army is going to use those aim and dodge tokens. Yep. Um such a good unit and, and kenji played him really well um because i mm-hmm. would probably charge anakin turn three and may may or may he may survive he may just die who knows but um, that's why i can't yeah. play force user so i'm all about the w key yeah <laughs> <laughs> keep going forward there you go yep 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 it's kind of like you know when you have i think i made this analogy before when you have you know you have a good PS, you had that good PS2 controller, that good Xbox controller that you really mm-hmm. wore in, right? And you got <laughs> super drift on the movement on the <laughs> That's right. Yep. That N64 controller, that yep. stick is just stuck forward because <laughs> you played too much Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah, brother. Ah, oh, yeah, man. You know, and yeah, you know, and, and I'm a very defensive player. So I, when I'm out of my element, having to like be the aggressor, I get really uncomfortable. <laughs> and so I certainly was that game. And it was just, yeah, it was just a, a matter of, of like reading each other throughout the game. And, you know, cause if I didn't recognize that that's what was going on turn one, I definitely would have like lost by a wider margin. And so I, I had to shift my game, bla- game plan and really be flexible, you know? And that's, that's one thing I really love about Legion. It's so react. It can be very reactive. Like you have that, that possibility to be able to like pivot right mid game because it's activation based and you're going back and forth between player to player. Right. And, um, mm-hmm. so, you know, as soon as I realized that I was like, okay, so we're going to, we're basically just going to do nothing for five turns. And so I had to, I 
had to put myself in a position where I'll just send a bark up, see if I can bait him to pivot his strategy, which he ended up doing. And I got myself into a nice position with one of the barks behind like this rock that was almost U-shaped, and it was a perfect line of sight blocker for my bark. And we went into round six. The only issue is that I didn't have control over it, right? Mm. And so I had Cody's one pip last, and I get to that turn six, and I go first. And all I need to do, so the bark took two wounds from Cody, I believe, I think on turn five or turn four. No, I think it was turn five. Because I had to make an approach. And my barks are slower. I'm only speed two versus speed three because I have the sidecar. So I get behind this, uh, yeah, this like U-shaped rock, which is perfect line of sight blocker. So he moves his, his, his stuff over. And so uh, my bark makes like a full save um, at the end of round five to keep it at two wounds. <gasps> and yeah. And so... I then get to a point where, okay, if I pull a bark within my first two pulls, I get my bark behind. There's a building in his deployment zone that if I get my bark behind it, like he can't shoot me, you know? And ultimately I kept pulling and I pulled the bark on the third pull, but the activation prior, he pulled one of his and blocked my landing point. So I couldn't make a straight dash deployments. Yeah, I know, right? Seriously. <laughs> How dare you, Kenji? How dare you? And I was like, man, this is so, that's some next level stuff, you know? And it was just it just so happened to be positioned correctly where because I was using the table edge to my advantage and it ended up backfiring because he pulled a bark early and um so I had to go so then he gets a wound on the bark so it breaks and I get the suppression one and I'm like, holy crap, that's mm. it. That's the game. Right, because his barks are also less than mine. Because I put two wounds on one of his barks, but the problem is, is my barks are more expensive. So I get the 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 the. the it's not disabled; it's damaged, right? And uh-huh. I I finally pull that bark on my third pull, and I roll a block. <laughs> so I get full actions. So I make a turn. And then I make another turn. The problem is, is with that second turn, there was also another blocker. His other, um, you know, because you can only displace on the compulsory, right? So his unit, it just so happened it was perfectly positioned on the second move where I couldn't displace anything. So it was just a lot of things that kind of went right, right, for him and not so much for me. And that's always kind of what comes down to these very hyper-competitive games, right? And Mm -hmm. so I got to that last bit, right? And my bark got in, but not fully within. And so uh, he ended up killing the bark. at that Because at that point, there was no point in me going, right? Like he just ended up turning the corner and killing the bark. But yeah, so a uh, really tight, sweaty game. and But in like, not that very like slimy competitive way, you know, it was just fun. Like we knew what we were going to do, right? Mm-hmm. And it just came down to dice and chance. And it just didn't go my way, you know? And the game was worth it because I got to have that moment with his dad and him. And I'm really happy for him. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds like Kenji just outplayed you, dude. He did. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he did. Let's just say it. Yeah, man, he did. Totally, man. You know, and, um, you know, ultimately he, uh, he played really well, you know, and, um, 
if you're listening, Kenji, I'll get you next time. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so Inspector Gadget, all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, yep, I know, right? Seriously. Um, but yeah, man. So that was uh, that was really cool, and uh, you know, so it was a good game, and uh, so he had uh, he had won that third one, and then my last game, I had uh, yeah, I, I played against Amar, who this was a rematch four years in the making, <laughs> um, so. <laughs> I played, I think maybe like my fifth or sixth game of Legion against Amar, and he just completely wiped the floor with me. And we've been meaning to play, you know, each other, and it just hasn't lined up. And so we met, uh, you know, really here in the in the fourth round. And um, again, I mean, I was I was red player, and um, you know, his his deck. He played a Wookie, kind of like it was like a melee skew with a Wookie Chieftain, Chewy. A hundred style points to House Amar. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. A lot of a lot of carpets heading in my direction. Oh man! And so his um, and his uh, his deck was was really good, and I got I got a really beneficial turn zero on my part. Like I was able to force breakthrough, long march, and hostile. I avoided limited viz, and um, I avoided. Like I think he had like intercept on on one of his, and I was able to get breakthrough. And as Red and I played on that same same table that we were talking about earlier, um, you know, and I basically leveraged the building and played defense. And um, because with the barks, you know, he had Padme on his in his list too, and she would totally just eat those barks alive. Yeah, <laughs> and so. Um, I, you know, it was, it was just kind of like, I started killing a bunch of things cause he really had to move his stuff forward. And like, I got a unit of Wookiees early and, uh, put some wounds on the chieftain early and things were looking really good. And then he made a really, really smart play. He moved a couple of phase twos down the other long edge and last firsted basically a unit of phase twos to within my deployment, like us, uh, basically a withdraw or a speed one, I should say, within my deployment zone. And um, it was there was this building that was there that was a height two building, and like my list was on the other side using the other building, and there was no way I would have seen them. So if he gets in there and stops, like I lose because my barks were in the back just playing defense. So I sent them around, and um, you know, basically we fast forward to turn six, and. Um, you know, we got to a point where uh, we he had priority on his core unit, and instead of moving them into the deployment zone, he moved them on top of the building into the deployment zone where I could shoot them. And so, like, all he had to do was literally move once behind, and he would have won the game. And so what happened was it was just kind of like this weird kind of line of sight thing where like most of my stuff closest to the building couldn't see it, but I ended up just putting, cause I killed this chieftain on a fire support on turn six. So we had no commander. So I just basically, I, you know, I panicked his unit oh. um, to, so they didn't count and just won zero, zero and one on points. So, yeah, yeah. you know, so it was uh it was a good day. You know, I, I'm not going to lie. I am still feeling the effects of that damn tournament, dude. <laughs> uh, but it was just such such fun, man. And Yeah, David, thanks again, man. And yeah, you know. My pleasure. Yeah, brother. <laughs> so that was awesome. You know, 
it was just uh it's cool um had a lot of fun man and yeah you know looking forward to whatever comes next you know in the uh in the geeky tees tournament tournament setting so yeah but um you know one thing that released prior to our tournament right was tempest force and i was sad nobody brought three atsts i know it's it would probably be everybody asked about it oh it's yes is, is tempest yes. force going to be available i'm like uh, yeah sure none of y'all are going to play it and nobody did Cowards. yeah because like who who has three atsds because this i think yeah. it's the first time you could run three atsds yes. right yeah yeah i don't i don't think that's the configuration i think that's I fun yeah yeah but I'll let you talk about it a little bit, but I, I've got something I'm looking at. I'm never going to play it, but I think it's nasty. Yeah. I think, you know, it, and for, I mean, we, we don't really have to go into really the, the, the faction breakdown, you know, it's been out for a week and, mm-hmm. you know, mostly I think the sweet spot is like, you know, the, the named ATST and maybe another, and then some other stuff around it. But mm-hmm. I'm curious to hear, yeah, like what you got. I haven't really built with it, but that's like, that's where my mind goes. Um, But I'm curious to see like what you guys have concocted and what do you think is really the, the, the secret sauce or the magic sauce for Tempest Force? All right. Picture this. (laughs) You've got Major Marquand, who that's a nice nod to uh, the director of Return of the Jedi. Oh, oh, yes. Did not know that. You have him in the ATST, yeah. and now with the line of sight uh, and vehicle cover rules, you know all walkers now block line of sight from top to bottom, even through their legs. Yeah. So you run Major Marquand. You scout two with them out. You have three stormtroopers naked except for astromech droids just healing him up and then you have six scout troopers with sonic charge saboteurs oh <laughs> let's go you're welcome just keep the conga line going and throw out mines all around until that bad boy kicks gets the bucket yeah then when he dies and so the, your opponent has to move up, you have blown the kingdom come. <laughs> I love That's that. That's crazy. <laughs> and you're probably at range two at that point. So you're throwing 10 black dice at range two. God. That's good stuff, man. Nasty. Yeah, dude. Just think about the area control and denial. And just, of course, just press. I mean, David, this is very fitting to your play style. W key. Just go yes. forward with Go bombs forward. And go. And, and max units. Yes. That's, that's what I want to do. But And then on top of that, you can throw one of your, uh, your uh, scout troopers at range two oh, uh, yeah. with the special sort of uh, range two drop off. Yeah, man. Yeah. God, that's that, cool. I, I don't know if it's good, but I think on certain tables that have like a line of sight blocker that your ATST can sort of run up behind or 
towards the side. Yeah. You just run your whole army behind him. And when you lose that bad boy, guess what? Surprise. <laughs> range two guns in your face. Oh. My brain is like. It's exploding. Right yeah, that's it's it's a definite. Let's try that out on TTS because yes. I'm not buying another three boxes of Scout Troopers anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, seriously, I want to I want to see that in action, brother. Like, you know, if you want to do a TTS game, sign me up, brother, because I want to see that. Like, All right, that could be arranged. Okay, good, good. Dude, that game just kind of deletes force users because, like, yes. what are you gonna do? Run into like six sab bombs? Yep, and just like eat like twelve suppression. Right yeah. on top of it. <laughs> that's nuts. You know. Oh, that's awesome, man. I yeah, like it. I like it. I like it. Yeah, too. and that it's seven hundred ninety-three points. Oh. So it even has a bid. Yo, there you go. Oh man! So you get LVO next year. LVO. Nice. <laughs> nice. They counter Z walks too, like hardcore. Oh, yeah. Because they gotta go forward into the bombs, right? And like, they, it's like okay, they, you log trap the ATST, but there's a minefield. Yep. And like, because they don't, they don't really deal with suppression well, right? They don't. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh gosh, and Sonic Charge is suppressive. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, what are the bills with Bright Tree then? Like, I spent no time building that just because I don't play Rebels, but yeah, have y'all? Eh, not. I, I don't know. I, I have to see it to believe it. Everybody's talking about this impending, you know, Ewok release. I really want to see it in action first. Like, I think the idea is cool thematically. I think it's cool, but it's not something that I'm, like, going to really invest in. It just, it doesn't fit, like, the way that I like to play the game. But yeah. I do want to see it, like, in action. Because the token generation mixed with all the keywords like playing against them your brain is going to be very paralyzed because you have to think about all the certain things right so i don't know the, yeah i haven't really the built little much. bit the little bit that i know of some of the stuff in that is i think it's going to be ma i mean it's obviously mass spam of units right mm -hmm. but also each one of those units that can take it putting the insatiable curiosity on it like that new training card mm -hmm. the deleting uh, upgrades one yeah oh uh, yeah yeah heavy it's eight points you you exhaust it choose an enemy unit and base contact with this unit's unit leader that has a heavy and some other upgrades equip discard one of those non-unique or limited upgrades and this unit suffers one wound so it's it's the new force choke, right? Yeah. Isn't yeah. that what we're talking about? Yeah. Because uh, JTT. <laughs> yep. Because you could you could pick someone unlike force choke anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I think. Yeah. I mean, I I'm glad Ewoks exist in Legion, but it's it's not something I'm hyped about to play at all. <laughs> but... I'm hyped to see it on the table. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm not hyped yeah. about it for yeah. my own personal. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I hope they're OP just because it's funny for Ewoks to be the next Blizzard Force. Um, and imagine like <laughs> yes. the PR standpoint of like, hey, come Legion, come play Legion. The most OP list is Ewoks. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I, I do think, yeah, the mass spam because it's like 65 points for eight bodies. I mean, yeah, they're Courage 1, but they got low profile. And even if you're trying to panic them, I mean, assuming they don't have suppression, 
like you need to shoot them three times to panic them because you know end of the round you need you remove suppression before scoring right so or sorry you need to shoot yeah um maybe shoot them twice depending on who your commander is but yeah like just flooding the table with bodies you know it's just yeah dude like how are you gonna deal with that it reminds me when i when i played war machine i played the undead faction cricks and i had a list where it was just yeah can you kill all these dudes before the game ends like can you clear them off objectives and i think ewoks have game there of just running forward on like intercept or kp and like like oh, i can't imagine the nightmare of like a, a middle kp and the ewoks hiding behind it <laughs> with oh low profile God. and just like yeah can you kill me um because i mean their killing power isn't that good but you gotta remove a bunch of bodies <laughs> and you know those ewoks are just as tanky as a b1 or a rebel troop probably more so because of low profile actually so i i think that skew could be tough to deal with if you're yeah. not prepared for it but it's such a skew and it's so expensive like money wise of just getting nine boxes of ewoks um like i don't think we'll see it often but I will have the same feeling. Actually, I'll be more scared seeing like Ewok troop spam on the other side than double dark troopers. Because at least with double dark troopers, I have impact. Yeah. You know, like I can't imagine just bringing flamethrowers in every list just in case. I can. Well, yeah. well that's you, Dave. You <laughs> yes, love we know you. So. We know you can, David. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's like David uh. wins worlds just because he's the only one who <laughs> had anti Ewok tech. <laughs> yeah um but yeah it's exciting i'm glad to see them on the table and i know a bunch of people who are starting to play legion just because ewoks are, are happening so yeah 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 no i'm looking forward to seeing it you know and you know it's a new release with you know and which is always good for the game right if yes. anything to you know invite people to play the game you know, and if Ewoks are going to be the faction that's ruling the Legion world, I'm for it because if more people ultimately play, I'm down. Uh-huh. You know, I'm down for that. Here, you know? here. Yeah. So, um, you know, it also has a new player base, Shatterpoint. Uh, also has Ewoks. Also has. Who will it has Ewoks. Not out that's... yet, but they, they have announced Ewoks for Shatterpoint. With oh, my gosh. Those are Ewoks I can get behind. That yeah. was, that's what that's what sold me on it, actually. I was like, nah, I'm not going to play this other skirmish Star Wars game. Uh, I have Marvel Crisis Protocol. Mm. And then they teased that they were going to have Ewoks. I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, um, you know, I've... Sadly, my stuff is still kind of sitting here. It's primed, but not completely Same. built yet <laughs> but john any shatterpoint updates for us i mean what's how's it been going and yeah, yeah it's pretty good i mean it's the game just it just came out so the, yeah the, the growth is, is slow but steady um there's yeah. actually i'm going to a tournament this weekend at next gen game so if anyone's nice. available listening this saturday at next gen at west la well, there'll be a shatterpoint tournament um it's gonna be a casual three-round thing i'm gonna be bringing my inquisitors invader which I have yet to play a game with, so I'm and already my, my week schedule is filling up, so I may just start mm-hmm. learning the team during the tournament, which is fine. But yeah, there's that. And then we're also gonna be having a tournament at Geeky Tees on the 
13th of August, I believe, which is a Sunday. Um, so as David was was talking about tournaments earlier, I was silently taking notes because I'll be running this one. <laughs> um, so if you guys want to play some Shatterpoint, August 13th, like DKTs will have another casual three-round tournament. Just, you know, it's, there's no Worlds invite because there's no Shatterpoint Worlds yet. But, you know, it's, it's going to be a good time to just get some games in and get more familiar with the game um, and and another cool Star Wars game. So I'm, I've been liking the game. It's I joke around and say, like, it's just kind of force push the game because everything mm-hmm. you do is all about just positioning and moving people. Like, you don't swing at someone to kill them. You swing at someone to either push them off objectives or wound them so they're not scoring. Um, I've yet to play a game where a unit dies <laughs> in Shatterpoint. It's really hard. It's to hard. It's real yeah. hard. It's real hard. Um, and in some cases, impossible with the current mission setup. So, but yeah, um, hope to see you all there. Yeah, I'll be there with uh, droids on droids. There we go, droids on droids. Nice. Or you could be a one of those madmen. Um, shout out to Milton for his crazy team compositions, like Darth Vader and Django and Magna Guards on one side, and then Darth Maul and Five O First and something. <laughs> it's like, gosh, what's going on? <laughs> but yeah, hmm. that's Shatterpoint. Cool, man. Oh, that sounds awesome, man. And like, you know, I've I've kind of heard some rumblings that like B ones are really good, um, <laughs> but I might be wrong there. No, you're because they're uh, they're not bad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah they're not bad. Um, I don't know if they're op, but mm-hmm. they're pretty good when you go for it. The thing that makes separatists good in Shatterpoint is there's a like I think Dooku and Magna Guard have a and actually Kalani and all that all those tact droids have abilities that let you move other yes. battle droids mm. during your activation so when you know during Kalani's activation you get to move some battle droids and in a game about positioning moving those it's units twice so is good so good for that yeah 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 um mm. that's also why i want to play but, the droids yeah it's kind of and it's also and i've said this in the cast before but the play opportunities in that game are just doing something super cool and it's like yeah, I just moved two battle droids out of activation, and now I'm going to score five points and win next turn. It's like, holy crap, we feel like a god of, of the tabletop. <laughs> <laughs> you feel like Kalani himself, you know, directing your, your clankers around. But yeah, nice. B1s are super good. That's one thing I always loved about playing Dooku and Legion was like the board manipulation. And, you know, John, you and I, we've, we've talked about that yeah. a lot. And like I have Dooku here on the painting table. It's just a matter of, of doing it. But you know, it's yeah. I'm really excited to to really try to tap into you know that board manipulation that seems so prevalent in the game, and you know it's very activation dense, right? And initially, yeah. I think you know when we were talking about it before, right? And David, I'd love to hear your thoughts around this. I thought it would actually be a relatively short game, but because every activation you can do so many things. Maybe with time, it'll get faster, right? Because you start to kind of pick up on the synergies and things like that. But I think ultimately, um, you know, the opportunity to do things with each unit is just so compound that every activate, it's activation dense, right? Like they're meaning, every activation is meaningful. So it seems like what you do with them there's like no pass acts right or anything like what you do with those mm-hmm. units are really important to the game's outcome so so i played about four full games of it mm-hmm. two of which that we had all the rules probably right probably yeah. <laughs> and 
the thing that me and whoever I was playing with, it's sort of liken it the chess where every piece has its own thing that it does well mm. or that it does and nothing else does. And then every activation, it's you're trying to figure out what is the what is the move to get you to the point, right? Yeah. And that's every activation. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's like all these different combos and like sort of things that can affect all the, the other things that you have to consider. And so when you say like the activation, it's activation dense, that's that's how I think it's activation dense. Mm-hmm. It's just every activation is solving the puzzle that yeah. get you to get the point. And sometimes that involves rolling dice and sometimes that just doesn't go your way. Mm-hmm. But you have to place your outs every activation. A lot of units too have abilities that trigger out of activation. Um, an example mm-hmm. is is Cody has a thing where if clones are nearby and they have like a hunker token, they get a bonus. Or like clone troopers all have their version of fire support, which is if another unit attacks, they get to debuff a unit. So moving a unit, like there's no like just oh I'm just gonna move him here just because it's like. You move him there because not only is that maybe a path to the objective, but it's a place where he could pass that unit could passively affect the game because of the random activation order. You -hmm. could conceivably activate a unit once for the whole game. Um, So making sure that they're in a position where they could do the most, even when they're just standing still, is is key. So you really have to think of round one, like where I, because I'm one of my first games, I played a game where I put Cody. Like, kind of mindlessly, like, moving forward. Like, you would do in Legion, not mindlessly, but, you know, you turn one, you just kind of move forward, get into position-ish, but you're not really thinking about the late game at turn one, right? But Cody only activated once that game. Yeah. He only, the activations they, don't really uh, affect the next activations as mm-hmm. much in Legion as yep. it does in this game. Exactly, yeah. And you, it's definitely something to think about, because... Um, like with that game with Cody, like he was, if, if I just moved him better, he could have been in a better spot to buff my army. But because I was in that thinking, I'm like, oh, it's early game. I'll just move him forward. I'm like, I screwed myself because he couldn't move. He didn't, the way that I drew my order cards, he didn't do anything at the rest of the game, but he could have, if he was in a better spot because of his passive abilities. So yeah, just stuff to think about. Um, So yeah, um, it's a very different game from Legion, which I think is a, is a great Um i've said this before but making sure the games are super different is is key to to its coexistence right mm-hmm. you don't if you're getting the legion feel you don't play Shatterpoint, and vice versa so they and that's what we space a lot of people were worried about this game was just going to be marvel crisis protocol mm-hmm. and star wars yeah. and it's definitely nothing close to that mm-hmm. just the terrain size and the model mm-hmm. size really right cool yeah man uh, makes me pretty pumped to get my stuff, you know, kind of assembled. And the reason, like, what stopped me from like fully assembling it is like I'm painting like Gar Saxon with the sniper, <laughs> and like, <laughs> I, <laughs> like getting to the front of him would be like near impossible if he was assembled. So it's taken a little little extra time, but um, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it, and you know, just working on getting him together and some other things. And as we always do with our, you know, as we, as we uh, wrap up here, 
we always go over what we're working on. So, David, if you are working on something, you know, as the the the, the guest of honor here on the eight one eight, what do you what do you have on your workbench? Something that's so, even that's been sitting there, or you know, if you're working on. So I have so many things. Yeah, like um, I, we were talking about this earlier, but um, I have Necrons for forty k. That is just the permanent, always backlog game that I will be working on the rest of my life. <laughs> but the things that I'm actively working on, um, I need to go back to Shatterpoint. I've only painted my B1s on that, but everything else is assembled and primed. But the thing that I'm really trying to push and get done soon are my clones. Mm. And every week I get a step closer. Like today, I finished another phase one unit, um, sort of in a 501st, like blue and white um, scheme. And I mean, Y'all know I really want to play three Fluttercraft. Yes. <laughs> so uh, maybe in the next two months. I'm, yeah. going, I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. Two months and we'll see. You can mm-hmm. check in with me later and see where I am. <laughs> Happy building. Because I know those models. <laughs> yeah, I, got, I, got, I got one built. <laughs> the other okay. two in there in the box. <laughs> Like, how did you feel after you put together the first one? I was like, I need a break. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to, yeah, it's, that was about a month ago for that first one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Understandably so. Understandably so. Yeah, man. What about you, John? What do you got going on in your workbench? I just finished my 3,000 points of word bearers after talking nice. about it in the cast for like months. Yes. So, yes. Congra- congratulations. And have been talking you. about it. Yep. Yep. It's finished that project. So if listeners want to play some horse heresy against my fanatics, hit me up. But so yeah, that's done. I'm mean, now working on my, my Shatterpoint squad. So Vader, the, all the Inquisitors. Um, and I was talking to this with Jonathan at the at Geeky Tees as we were winding down. The Grand Inquisitor having a white face and red tattoos is just oh evil. My God. like oh. gosh, <laughs> such a pain. Um, thankfully, the I think the top tattoos are kind of raised, so it's easy to paint. But he has like these cheap tattoos that are kind of like not tears, but they're like arrows pointing down, and those are not sculpted. So I'm like, oh gosh, I got to do some. Oh, the hand. teardrops aren't. Oh Oof. man, yeah, they're not, those aren't sculpted. Rah. At least, at least for the Rupert friend face <laughs> um, that I put on. But I'm like, oh gosh. So, but been having fun with the with painting them in general, especially Vader. Such a cool design. Um, it's the third Vader I painted, I think, and I painted two for Legion, and it, it is such a a great design. Shout out to you know George Lucas and friends for coming up with such an iconic villain because you know I've I've known Vader my whole life as a character, but just painting him as a miniature has always been a fun experience and appreciating that design and all that. So yeah, it's kind of working on that's, that's all my immediate workbench for now. Um, I got the blizzard force box, so I'm going to be painting. That's my next, uh, Legion army is going to be playing blizzard force. Now that it's quote unquote balance. So I'm going to be painting some speeder bikes and snow troopers. Nice, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, like most of my clone stuff is done and I'm taking a break from painting white. <laughs> Those undersuits, man. I was, I mean, I've been talking to John about it. Dude, I, tell me oh. about it. That takes me like 
a whole two nights just like going in the dew. Yeah. And like you can see the progression like from my first unit to like my phase twos, which are my last ones. And like, you know, I, I found that what was helpful, at least for me, was like with those undersuits, like a little bit of flow improver. And like I use like Vallejo, like German, or I think it's German gray. Like they're kind of like blackish gray or whatever. Uh-huh. And it helps a little bit, but like it's just so not forgiving. And like I don't have the patience to like cover everything up like I should. So it, it, like like my Z6, I, I glued together so I could play with it. And that was like the worst idea ever because it's a crouching <laughs> mini, right? And so it was like, oh my gosh. But um, yeah, you know, I, I'm kind of, I think I'm done with my clones for a little while. So, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, just Legion stuff. I, I don't know. I got a bunch of stuff that's just kind of been sitting. Chewy, Lando, Din, you know, I got a unit of B1s, which is inexcusable because they take like five minutes to do, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like I have Anakin, Padme, you know, I have the Yoda like saber figure that I, or mini that I still have to, to, to paint. Um, that might be like my next list is like just a Yoda gun line with like naked barks and transponders, same like core complexion, like Yoda's awesome and he could just do so many things. And so like just the mental challenge of like playing him sounds fun and also debilitating at the same time. (laughs) And, um, yeah. And, you know, I was sharing this with you guys a little bit before the show, but you know, I, Prior to, you know, the summer, and I'd mentioned this on the cast before, uh, I really wanted to go back and recapture that nostalgia, that nostalgia bomb of my 12-year-old self. And the game that really started it all for me was was 40K. So I bought into some Space Wolves because, uh, you know, Marines in the 41st millennia riding big dogs is like awesome. <laughs> with so cool. And axes. Like, I don't care if they're good or not. Like my goal is on in, in my 2000 point list to run 12 of them, 14, including the wolf Lords and or wolf yes. Lord yeah, you know, press the W key, yep. go, <laughs> which is totally against like everything I stand for in Legion, <laughs> but like 40 K is going to be that game that I play where I roll dice and just have fun and, you know, and yeah, and press that W key, you know, and, you know, a nice 10 man brick of like, you know, of, of some Wolfguard Terminators led by Logan Grimnar. And, um, we're going to have to play soon. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I got my 40 yes. too. Yeah, man. I, I'll have like a thousand points probably by the end of the month. And I am, I think in that's better all, than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is I had a little bit of a head start because I bought, I had some stuff that I bought into about in 2017 and I painted and you can definitely see the progression since then. <laughs> so, yeah. But I do want to like, I, I want to say that by far of all the miniatures that I have gotten in my life, the Ragnar black, black main miniature is like, awesome it is the coolest miniature the coolest sculpt i've ever seen is it the new one you're talking about the new one yeah yeah that's so cool like he's jumping off like a piece of rubble and like the pose he's like 
lunging forward. He's got the damn his chainsword in the back, and he's got this like just look of like snarl on his face, and his back is like it's like a it's like a wolf pelt cape, <laughs> and it's like it's just. You could say what you want about GW. Like the, you can tell they've been doing this for a long time. Like the sculpt is so, and it's a bulky model. That's one thing I, I kind of I've I've missed is like the the like sheer volume. Like you like you feel of the model like in your hand, right? Like like it feels like an actual model before yes. you started playing miniature war games. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 and like like when I went to the store for the first, like this was it. Like this was like. Okay, I'm hooked. I'm here. I played Black Templars when I first started. That might be another ende- endeavor I I follow. Like it was like Black Templars, and then I played Tau when they first came out. So I was playing like in third and fourth edition. So, um, but yeah, man, you know. So it's like, you know, just putting that all together and and doing that. Like I have everything like assembled, and what's great is I feel like I'm a little bit faster because the models are bigger and I can really utilize the airbrush, which is nice. Mm -hmm. So I tried to glue as many heads like on that don't have faces as possible (laughs) because with just a quick Zenithal in the, in the airbrush, like half the models done, which is nice. So yeah, but that's kind of what I'm going to be working on. The hope is, is to, you know, start playing some games by the end of the month. So yeah let's do it boarding let's actions do it. Let's, let's do, do it, it man i mean let's my, my word bearers are usable in 40k so i got nice. my army ready i'm oh, also working nice. on some some space marines um mm-hmm. with uh with my buddy will mm-hmm. um who's doing tyranids and oh, yeah nice. slowly working on that but that one for me i'm like i'm gonna try my hardest painting yeah. these models and they're taking forever <laughs> yeah. so um but but it's i mean the models are amazing and Mm-hmm. games workshop i mean the rules are terrible like i will say that the rules are <laughs> terrible but their models yeah. are bar none the best in the industry like 100 percent. yeah man so. and now that we've lost everybody that came for star wars yes <laughs> <laughs> per usual per usual. per usual right but yeah now that we've lost everyone i think we could just throw this podcast in the dump <laughs> all uh all jokes aside we've been going for almost two hours and uh i want to say david it's been a pleasure to have you on and we hey thanks have for you having me yeah, it's fun yeah oh yeah well, it's thank you for coming yeah you're welcome back anytime all right and see we- you next week sounds cool. good <laughs> all righty guys as always that has been the 818 please follow the podcast and wherever you get it whether it be spotify apple podcast wherever you choose to get it i totally just hit the mic but just for added effect anyway um, wherever you get it and yeah as always again i'd like to thank david john my co-host as always um thanks for joining us and i think i still don't have a sign off I don't think I ever will. That'll be it. Thanks, guys, for listening. The Force is with you, young Peace. Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet.